On today's episode, we're discussing DAS, Disney's accessibility pass for guests with disabilities. Hello, and welcome to Pixie Dust Parents. I'm Alicia, a mom of two kids, ages eight and two. And I'm Nicole, a mom of two wild little ones, ages four and one and a half. We're two moms who love bringing our kids to Disney World and Disneyland. We're here to help you plan your trip with babies, toddlers, preschoolers, and older kiddos. So let's jump in. We're sharing all of our knowledge on DAS, the disability pass available to guests at Disney World and Disneyland. So DAS, the Disability Access Services Pass at Disney World and Disneyland, allows you to wait for a ride outside of the traditional queue environment. And you can also pre-book experiences before your trip, 30 days ahead of time. Um, And we'll talk more about who the pass is designed for and how to get one if you qualify. So DAS is a service that's offered to guests with like a variety of disabilities. Many of these disabilities are actually going to be invisible. Don't confuse this with mobility issues like wheelchairs, crutches, or scooters. The mobility concerns are going to be addressed with different accessible cues and access points on the rides. Yeah. So what Nicole is saying there, um, a lot of the, especially the older like Fantasyland rides, Mm -hmm. that type of thing, um, guests with mobility concerns will be brought to the exit. Uh, We've had that experience uh, on a trip with my mom. And then on some of the newer rides, the queues have been built to accommodate those mobility devices. So there are a lot of new queues that you can actually just ride a scooter right through. So DAS is not, not for mobility issues or concerns. So who is DAS for? Um, We want to be clear, we don't represent Disney and this list is not exhaustive. And Disney also does not publish a list of medical issues or concerns that will, you know, qualify you for DAS. In our experience and from our understanding and conversations with others, these are things that would typically qualify someone for the DAS um, if they're dealing with these issues. So ADHD, Um, autism spectrum disorder, sensory processing disorders, anxiety, PTSD, things like IBS or incontinence concerns, uh, diabetes, anybody who has issues like regulating blood sugar and might need access to snacks or food or insulin and that sort of thing. Issues related to tolerating the heat or the sun. Uh, I, I understand there are some people who either have a severe allergy to the sun or their body can't tolerate high heat. And depending on, you know, you're in Florida in the, in the warm sun, depending on what the cue is, that could be an issue. And then also some severe allergies uh, because people do often eat in cues. And so depending on what the allergy is, how severe it is, that sort of thing, all of those could be a reason that you would qualify for DAS. So that sort of is a not exhaustive list at all. I'm sure that there are many more that I'm not aware of. Um, But those are some of the biggest reasons that people use DAS. And really what it's designed for is for anyone who would really struggle to wait in that traditional queue environment to simply wait elsewhere. Um, You don't get to skip the line. You're still going to wait the same amount of time. Typically, it's the same amount of time as the posted wait minus five or 10 minutes. And I think that's so that you can 
walk back to the ride. Uh, you have a little bit of grace time there to get back to the ride. And then you can ride anytime after you've waited. So a little bit into the history of DAS. DAS hasn't always existed at Disney World. Um, in the 90s, early 2000s, I don't believe there was any sort of accessibility services pass. I took a trip in 2004 with my softball team. One of my roommates on that trip had blown out her knee and she spent the day at Magic Kingdom on crutches, which is horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so horrible. Like, honestly, I cannot believe that she did that. And um, what time of year was this? March. Uh, so yeah, it was it's hot. warming up, yeah. It was hot. It was crowded. It was, it was something. Um, she fell off a curb at one point, but she's fine. Um, so <laughs> she's a tough girl. It was By now she's fine. She's fine now, 20 years later. But yeah, so in 2004, I don't think even FastPass existed or if it did, we certainly didn't know about it. Um, so on that trip, we, on that one day visit, I think we rode three or four rides. I know we rode Peter Pan. I'm pretty sure we rode Snow White. I think we did Small World. And then I know we did Space Mountain. And on all of those rides with her crutches, they immediately escorted us. And I think there were maybe like five or six of us all together. We skipped the queue and we got to go into the, the exit. And we just got on the ride that way. And that was it. That was the only sort of disability services that were offered. There was certainly nothing for invisibility, excuse me, invisible disabilities. <laughs> um, and I don't know that, I mean, at that time we were just sort of learning what PTSD was. So um, there wasn't really anything other than that. Um, and while we get to skip the line and that was that was great. At the time, it, it still didn't buy us that much time because it was so hard for her to walk around, you know, and we didn't really know what was going on. Um, the park was also super crowded. It was the height of spring break. And so just navigating the parks for her was really, really complicated. But in any case, um, DAS is certainly not like that anymore. And now, even in the past couple of years, DAS has changed a bit, um, I think since pre-pandemic, where the way that DAS works is one person in your party talks to a cast member either before the visit on a sort of like Zoom call mm -hmm. or at guest relations once you've arrived, and they'll talk about why you need a DAS, what is sort of going on that requires you to have that special accommodation. And then that guest, whoever it is in the party, is able to bring another five people on various rides with them. So how that works is the person with DAS would request a return time or grab a return time in the app. And then their friends and family that are linked to them would also be able to have that same return time, sort of like booking a lightning lane. It's really, really similar. Um, and in the past, I think that there weren't as many restrictions on how many people could be linked to one DAS, how many people a guest could bring on a ride. And I think unfortunately that the system was abused by some, which mm -hmm. is not, not super surprising. Um, <laughs> you know, this is why we can't have nice things. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so now they're pretty strict about the five person rule. So that's sort of the 
The history of DAS, and I think I want to be clear, DAS is a great service um, if you need it. And we're, we're big fans of it. And we're really glad that Disney has something like this. It's also not a perfect system. And there are some things that can be really complicated to navigate, but sort of wanted to give everyone a history of why it's sort of set up the way that it's set up. So yeah, and then going back is how you're explaining to just kind of even sign up for it. So obviously, it's a bit easier for adults to, you know, get in, get online within those 30 days, um, two to 30 days before to sign up for it. um, Or if you're in the parks, you can just go straight up to guest relations and um, sign up for it within the parks. But if you are, you know, you have a little one, like for me, that's my experience is we get it for my son. He has to be present when we are doing that Zoom like call. And um, that's one thing that they make sure you say, or you like check off when you're first applying for it is that the little one or whoever it is that you're applying for it for is actually present. Yep. And part of that is so that they can take their picture on that call. Like they, the picture of my son and his jammies comes up every time he scans in. <laughs> well, that's sweet. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Um, But quickly walking through, I guess, just like the logistics of it online, if you're signing up between that, um, like it has to be within two to 30 days of your first Mm -hmm. arrival day. Um, So you go online and Alicia knows the sweet spot of when to go online. (laughs) Uh, But you go online and you go to, you can literally just search in my Disney experience, um, disability access service or desk. It'll pop up. You first need to agree to their terms of service, and then you can um, scroll down a bit and you click to speak with a live agent. It pops up a little chat box. You chat with them for a minute and they, you know, you just kind of say yes to a few different things. And then you have to wait a bit until they can connect you with a live agent. So I've tried to do this on my phone and you may be chatting with them within the My Disney Experience app. Mm -hmm. But once you get to the live agent part, you will actually need to be either on a computer or using the like either Chrome or Safari to actually do the live chat. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that they have told me to do um, with all of that. And then you have this live chat. And for me, like our first time signing up for it, I was like super just kind of like anxious myself and like sweaty. I don't know what to expect. And I think we were on the chat for maybe five minutes, maybe like it was really quick for us. And they're like, okay, you're good to go. So either they approve you or you don't. And then you're able to go back in either right then, or you can wait until later, which we have done this before. It's just kind of like waited till later um, to pre-select certain attractions um, to be used. So that's kind of like the quick run through of setting it up before you enter the parks. Yeah. And like Nicole said, um, you do have to like, you do the chat first, sort of like answer the questions, then you do the face-to-face chat. And then after that, then they'll ask you like, oh, okay, let's look at the selections for your different park reservations. And they sort of help you pick what your pre-selections are. With DAS, you can pick two pre-selected return times um, in each park for whichever, you know, for each park day. So if you have four park days, you'll be able to choose two rides in each of those four parks. 
and they'll let you pick, you know, return times or return time windows, that sort of thing. And um, that point, it's really important when you sign into the chat that everyone who's going to be on the pass is linked to you in my Disney, Disney experience. So make sure that they're on your friends and family list. We just talked about how you can only have five people linked to one DAS, but that's not totally true. You can have as many people linked as you want. You can only bring five others on the ride. You can only reserve a return time for five others. So in our January trip, when we had 10 people, Betty didn't count because she's not ticketed. So we had nine people and one person who had DAS. The other eight people all had to be available and linked in my Disney experience. And the first time I tried to connect right at 7am, the cast member was very like, nope, nope. I didn't even care if this person was on the pass or not. Like I just wanted to get it and get it taken care of. And they said, no, he's on one of the reservations that you are traveling with. So he has to be linked to you in my Disney experience or, or you can't do this. So that was something that like, it was my sister's boyfriend. I have to send him a text, say like, Hey, can you add me in my Disney experience? (laughs) It was really weird because I had like set up his account for him over a year earlier. So I don't know how that disappeared or whatever. It was just a weird glitch, but it was something that stopped the whole process before it could even start. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you want to do is just make sure that everybody you're traveling with, anybody linked to your reservation, anyone that's going to be with you on your trip, you're all linked in my Disney experience. So definitely, definitely, definitely start there. So then you'll talk to the cast member, like Nicole said, and they'll ask some questions about like why you need the pass. And then they'll take a picture of the person. So this is the part where, you know, the kiddo has to, or adult, whoever it is, has to be present because they're taking their picture. And then every time they scan in for a return, the Mickey will actually turn blue instead of green, which really freaks my son out because he knows <laughs> blue is Disney red. It's like, uh oh. <laughs> like Mickey's supposed to be green, WTF. Um, so he sees that blue Mickey and I remind him, like, yep, they have to verify that your little face matches your little face in the picture. Uh-huh. So they, that picture comes up on the screen for them. And so that verifies that like the person who's scanning in is the person who's using DAS. That way, you know, you're not swapping wristbands or things like that. Um, and, and then I do you quickly want to add that they yeah. have to be the first one to scan in? Yes. When yes, you go yes, through the yes. lightning lane, whoever yeah. holds the da- DAS pass. Yep. That's a good point. They have to be the first one. It turns blue to basically to alert the cast member to look at the screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they look at it, it turns green, and then the rest of the group can go and the rest of the group will be green. So that process, like the pre-selection process, that went pretty quickly for us too. But I will say, I think overall, it took us about 45 minutes to do the whole thing. That Um, part was frustrating for me, but I think it was because I had done the pre-selection closer to our arrival date. So there wasn't as many um, available windows as I had hoped. So our, like... (laughs) our park strategy kind of got a little wonky determining or like based on what they had available. 
Um, so for me, that part was a little bit frustrating and we had to go back and forth a lot with the cast member of, you know, this is what I want. And then they would come back and be like, okay, well, this is all we have available. So maybe if I did it like earlier within those 30 days, um, it would, I would have had more options, but maybe, but it's not like the pre-selections. I don't think nothing with an individual lightning lane is available Mm -hmm. for the pre-selections. So it's never going to be the heavy hitters. It's no. never like Flight of Passage or Tron or Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, things like that. Um, I think for Magic Kingdom, we did Peter Pan and Jungle Cruise and we never even went on Jungle Cruise. It was a little bit, it's a little bit like the old days of fa- um, fi- fast passes where you could book them, you know, you could book three at 60 days out, but did you really know what your day was going to look like <laughs> 60 days out? Yeah. Um, and it's hard to, because between Genie Plus, individual lightning lanes, virtual queues, dining reservations, like it's honestly, it can be really hard to say where you're going to be on that park day. And, you know, if you want to ride Peter Pan at that time. So the, the pre-selections are really, really nice. And if you're not planning on using Genie Plus or you're not doing dining, then it's a great way to sort of plan out your day, sort of build your day from that. If you have a lot of other stuff going on in your day, it might be a little bit frustrating, like Nicole said, especially if there's not like, you know, if the selections available are like the magic carpets and the speedway, then it's not as exciting or as helpful. (laughs) I think that's what we did was... (laughs) Speedway and meet Mickey, but they were just like the oddest times or like times that, you know, we're going to be heading back to the resort. So I'm not even going to want to use this. So that's a good point. Like if you can try to get on and do it right at your 30 day window, because the best selections will be available. I actually, I have a friend who heck called at the 30 days, like had gotten up early with her teenager. Her daughter had cerebral palsy. She walks with either the elbow crutches or a walker or a wheel is in a wheelchair and has low vision, has a bunch of stuff going on. And the first cast member she talked to told her that she didn't qualify. She was really, really upset. She was really upset. Like they had been to Disney before they'd had the past before, but it was probably five or six years ago, six years ago, I think. So she was really confused and, and mad. Like this is a mom who's been in the disability community since her daughter was born. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's Disney telling her, well, you don't qualify for disability services. And I urged her, I was like, you know what? I think there's probably a couple of things at play. Like, I think you probably went into it talking about the mobility stuff because yeah. that's what you're used to talking about. They're looking at it and saying, no, 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 no. We can meet your mobility concerns here. Uh-huh. And, and also like that could have been a newer cast member. That cast member could have been having a bad day. They're not perfect, whatever. I really think that you should call back and just like explain the whole situation. Like don't leave out any parts, like th- don't leave out the part where she's a 16 year old girl and she has a lot of anxiety transferring from her wheelchair into a ride vehicle. And if she thinks people are watching her, she's just not going to do it. Uh-huh. And that that is exactly what she said. She called back. They set up another chat. She told the cast member that and the cast member said, oh yeah, you absolutely qualify. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, all the good rides were gone. So yeah. 
if you can just one advocate for yourself or your kid and make it clear, like, no, you need this. And two, try to do it as early as possible before you're left with just the magic carpets. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> like, I mean, you don't want a camel spitting on you as you're flying on a magic carpet. Like what? <laughs> I mean, it's a dream come true, really. Yes, right. But I think another important thing is, you know, we're talking about Disney. Of course, Disney comes with waiting. So is right. there wait time if we're going to be doing this online chat? When is the sweet spot to actually get online? When do they open? Because um, it's not a 24-hour thing. And I know you have the, the good details on that. It is not a 24-hour thing. And they, they say that they're open until 9 p.m. Eastern. But it's a lie, Nicole. It's all a lie. Um, I, I tried signing in for a, a chat. I think it was like five o'clock central. No, it must've been four o'clock central. It was early and I was in the queue for three hours and then they closed the queue. And so the the takeaway is just get online at 7 a.m. Eastern time and get that chat taken care of right away in the morning. There will still be a queue, but typically at that time it goes pretty quickly and you'll at least get a human eventually. It can be tricky, especially with school schedules, work schedules. Like to be honest, we were almost late for school that day and it felt sort of ridiculous to say, oh, sorry, we're late. We had to book some rides at Disney World. Um, (laughs) I know it's just, it's so important though. Like (laughs) I know champagne problems over here. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that, that was tricky because I, I felt a little bit of anxiety about that, that, you know, I, we needed to get this passed. We needed to get this taken care of and added to our trip, but I also needed to go to work. My kid needed to go to school, you know, like, Mm -hmm. how are we going to get this done? Um, So I definitely recommend doing it as early in the morning as you can. And if you have an issue like I had, yeah, just wait till the next day because I, sort of killed myself to try to get online that night or that afternoon and get on. And they just, I honestly think the queue closed several hours before the advertised time. Mm. And I would just, I would recommend doing it early in the morning. Yeah. And I always forget, like, it's the Eastern time. They're like, they're running off of that. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not in that time zone. So even with like dining, I have to remind myself, okay, I have to adjust for my time zone. Remember that. (laughs) Right. Exactly. It's actually super duper early. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Very early. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if this kind of leads into our like imposter syndrome. Um, but I remember when I was doing it for the first time, it was that annual pass day that annual passes were back. And I was like, I'm up early anyways, let's do it. So let's just, you know, try for DAS, see if we get it. And so with your suggestion, I did go on, I was on right at their 7am. And of course it was a school day, but we're up already at them doing all the Disney stuff anyways. So um, I got in really quickly. I think we were actually just about to like walk out the door and it was like, okay, you're, you know, your live agent is ready to chat. Are you here still? And I was like, oh wait, hold on kids. (laughs) We got to do this real quick. So (laughs) we did that real quick and we were a little bit later than normal um, to school, but it, I think an important reason. So yeah, definitely. So here's like when we talk about how it works in the park, besides the pre-selections, you can also, you don't have to choose ahead of time. 
if you don't want to, or if the rides available really aren't something you want to ride, you don't have to book them ahead of time. Once that person has DAS and, and to be clear, like for kids, it's whoever is managing that kid. Mm -hmm. It'll show up in your, my Disney experience app. So when you go to the, um, the little like pancake stack menu, in Disney, the Disney Experience app, there'll be a new tile for disability access services that says DAS. And when you click on that, it shows you um, rides that you can book and really, really similar to Lightning Lanes and Genie Plus. How it works though, is you cannot book anything until you are physically in the park. So it's really reminiscent of like old school fast pass where you have to physically be present and then you can request the return time. And then the return time is the posted wait plus minus five or 10 minutes. And then you can go scan in and ride. So it, it's all very straightforward, but you can grab one. And then as soon as you've tapped in and, you know, as, as long as there's not two tap styles, you can book your next one. You can make your next selection, but you still, you have to be physically in the park. So that's a little bit different than Genie Plus. It's similar to Genie Plus in Disneyland where you mm -hmm. have to be in the park. You know, there's not that 7 a.m. hotel drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that frustrating whole other topic, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a different day. That is sort of how that works in the park. And then if somebody, for example, like one of the people in our group decided she didn't want to ride Space Mountain and I hadn't removed her from the ride. So when we went to ride it, we all scanned in and then we went to book the next thing. I couldn't book anything for her because it said she already had an experience booked. Mm -hmm. you, so you can only hold one DAS return time at a time. So that is also a little bit different. There's no stacking. You know, you can't stack like you would stack lightning lanes. You can't stack your DAS return times. It's just one at a time and then you can grab the next one. And like, I like that in a way. But it, it's also frustrating because obviously I like stacking, but I do like the fact where, you know, you have your return time, but you don't have to go right at that return time. Like if it's not working out for us, something's yep. going on, we can return two hours later. Like it. Yes. But there's that caveat where you can't book something new until you have banded in. Right. So. Yep, exactly. I... For us, we've ended up because we always use Genie Plus. I don't think we'll ever skip Genie Plus. Mm -hmm. um, for us, we just stick to our Genie Plus touring strategy. And then anything that we think is going to be either hard to get or that doesn't really fit with our Genie Plus plan, that's what we'll try to focus the DAS for. Um, and then also for anything that my son just absolutely loves, it gives him a chance to ride it two or three times. Uh huh. So, I mean, he, he loves seven dwarfs mind train. And I think on our last magic kingdom day, he got to ride it three times. And that's a good point is that unlike genie plus you can continue to book the same ride over and over and over. Yeah. Whereas genie plus you only get that lightning lane redemption one ride per park per day. Yep. So with DAS, you do get to choose the, <laughs> the same ride, like Seven Doors Mind Train, or for us, Slinky Dog Dash, over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> However many times you can wait the standby line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. So that, um, that makes it really, really valuable and helpful. We've had some really just wonderful experiences where, you know, he and I ran and, and rode on the DAS, you know, seven dwarfs, like right at park close. And while the rest of the family was sort of walking home, but that's, that's the thing that he's focused on. And so it was nice to have some like quality time with him, really enjoying what are his favorite things in the park. Mm -hmm. So really, really helps to achieve some of those things. So we mentioned a little bit, the imposter syndrome with using DAS can be really hard to overcome. Mm -hmm. And I want to be transparent about how many trips we've taken and not used DAS because I believed we didn't need it or didn't qualify for it or that we'd be taking away from someone else and realizing after finally using it on our last trip that we should have had it all along. There have been sensory concerns, ADHD concerns, anxiety concerns, and not just for my son, definitely for me, um, a little bit for my husband. And then the baby is just, you know, she's just a toddler. And honestly, there should just be a pass for toddlers, but that's a different, again, that's a different story. And I realized that I've skipped lines that were as short as 25 minutes because I didn't think I'd be able to handle waiting in that line with my kid. And that that stress, like understanding and now looking back and saying like, okay, that is a really good example of why we need this pass in the first place. So it helps all of us know, like, we're not going to have to stand in a three hour line. We're not going to be stuck in a line without access to a bathroom or shade or water or whatever. There are some really intensely long lines at Disney world Mm -hmm. and Our best park days are days where we have plans, but we also have an easy way to pivot and change those plans if things go sideways. So if things are, you know, off the tracks and we need to go back and take a three hour break and decompress and get some food and get out of the heat, then we can still come back and and enjoy the park a little bit later. It's sort of like a reset button, like we're going to try again later. Um, and so having DAS in addition to Genie Plus really, really helps with that. DAS is also not just for the person who is using it. There are a variety of reasons why someone may not be able to wait in the traditional queue. But for me and my kiddo, like the experience of those around us when he is waiting in a very long queue is also pretty miserable. I've waited in line with him for Splash Mountain during like the 2021 timeframe when there was no lightning lane, there was no fast pass. It was all just standby queue and we would try to rope drop it, but it got very, very busy very quickly. And so I've waited in an hour long line with him for rides. Um, we also did Radiator Springs Racers and that was, a, so it was, I think that was a 90 minute wait. There's a lot of climbing. There's a lot of stimming. There's a lot of jumping. There's a lot of commotion. And I think, you know, I'm well aware that he's infringing on other people's space and quiet. If it will help you, if it will help your child, if it'll help any of your loved ones um, that you're traveling with. And also 
creates a better environment for everyone around them, then it is absolutely worth getting at least, you know, talking to a cast member to see if you qualify and keep that imposter syndrome at bay. Because even though we physically, yes, we can wait in a long line if we have to, it is really, really difficult and also unpleasant for others. Yeah. And I feel, I mean, really the same. And I mean, I didn't even want to apply for DAS until you had encouraged me and really shared that piece of it's not just for us. It's also for the people around us because we were in a really similar boat where if I saw, I mean, longer than a 25, 30 minute wait, I knew for various reasons why our family could probably not sustain that time within a small, um, very windy area. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling this like imposter syndrome of we don't need it. You know, that's like, we don't have any certain diagnosis. We don't have this, like there's people that need it more than we do. And I think finally like getting over that hurdle of, okay, well, you know, what if this could be for us? Like, what if this could, you know, really turn around trips for us? What if this opens new doors? And then I figured, okay, might as well apply for it. They'll tell us no, if they think we don't, you know, qualify for it. And then that'll be it. And that'll kind of validate, but we did apply for it and we did qualify. So going on that first trip and for us, it was recent. It was just this year. Mm -hmm. within the past six months that we first used it. And it was such a game changer for our family because it just allowed that, like, I think peace of mind, but knowing that, like, my son would be safe in a line that we were able to manage for Mm -hmm. our different reasons. And then also very similar to what you're saying is, like, I get this built-up anxiety of, like, all right, we're going into a line. This is, you know, probably what's going to happen, this and that. But now it's like, I'm able to chill out a bit more because we have this service that we're able to lean on while in the parks that really has helped out our family, not only my son, but I mean, myself as well. And just like the whole anxiety and overstimulation for me of just different like what ifs it's it's just helped us a lot and so me getting over that like imposter syndrome of oh it's not for us you know we're we're going through testing but we don't have any we don't have a letter like I don't and that's one thing that I thought is that I had to hand over like some type of doctor letter or something like that verification to the cast member when Mm -hmm. we were applying and that's not the case at all I mean I think they can't even ask for that you can share specifics, but I believe yeah. they can't ask. <laughs> yeah. What is think, your diagnosis or whatnot? Yeah, no, the, I mean, that's HIPAA would yeah. prevent that <laughs> yeah. for sure. They can ask, you know, why do you need the pass? What's going on? And for the most part, it's easy to just sort of rattle off a diagnosis. Um, and we didn't get it until we had an official diagnosis, basically because of imposter syndrome. Um, but we didn't need the diagnosis. And even after we had the diagnosis, I still felt like, but he's waited in plenty of lines before. It's fine. And then I just like, okay, no, if the, no, you're, you're just going to, you're just going to talk to them. This is literally what they've created this pass for. 
So you're just going to go for it and talk to the cast member and see what, see how this works. They did, I don't, for Hunter, did they ask him any questions directly? Did they talk to him? Um, I believe they kind of tried to, but again, I think I've shared this before on like TSA stuff. He, yeah, he shuts down. It's, it's, you know, just a totally different thing for him. If he's not comfortable, he's, he's probably going to shut down or turn away. So I typically have to answer for him. Eddie is more of like a 45 year old man. Uh So he had a like lengthy conversation about his (laughs) concerns waiting in a queue Um, you know, that his legs get really tired and his brain gets really frustrated and he gets really hot and then he doesn't feel good. And so he gave the cast member a whole earful, but it was really that point where I, you know, I mentioned his diagnosis concerns, like sensory stuff, ADHD stuff, anxiety stuff. And then that there's a lot of, you know, stimming, jumping, climbing, and sort of difficulty being restrained in those situations. And the cast member was really kind and just nodded and said, I understand completely. Let's get you set up. Uh-huh. So that, that was a really good process. Um, I think what can be difficult is that not everyone who has a need for DAS necessarily has the ability to go online, video chat with a cast member at 7am, you know, go through this conversation, making sure that everyone's linked in MDE, et cetera, et cetera. My mom qualifies her DAS and there is no way that she was going to be able to do it before we took our trip. And, and I've also heard that having two people on one trip who both have DAS can be really complicated because the way it works is like, if you're in a group of 10 and two people have DAS, I myself would only be allowed to be attached to one of theirs. So I'd have to choose to either be attached to my son's or to my mom's and not both. And then it, it's a situation of like, you, they would both have to be booking at the same time, the same return times for everyone to ride together. So it gets a little bit complicated. Um, but for example, she has some health concerns in addition to mobility issues. So she does use a wheelchair and she can transfer into ride vehicles. She can walk with a cane. Um, but mobility issues aside, she has some other health issues that would qualify her for DAS. And it was honestly too complicated to get it for her. And that's one of the things that I think Disney, I wish that they could figure out a way to do better um, so that everyone who does need it can access it. Mm-hmm. Was this for Disney World or Disneyland? This was Disney World. And when we went, we talked about going over to guest relations and getting it set up for her. But it was one of those situations where, you know, we were in the parks. We had four park days. Our downtime was like the second to last day of the trip was our rest day. And we just, nobody really wanted to sacrifice the time to go to guest relations for this whole group of 10 people. Yeah. And maybe we should have, but at that point it just sort of felt extra. Uh Um, And so, yeah, so trying to figure out what the best situation is. I'm just looking at it. Like I don't, she's, she's great with apps and phones and stuff like that. But if I tell her she has to get up at that time and 
like basically go to this website, get in a virtual queue <laughs> and then chat with a get, cast member. Like yeah. she's going to shut down. She's like, Nope, can't no, do that. Okay. That's stressful. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, for older guests, for really young guests, for guests who don't just have the tech savvy or the time that could be really difficult. Um, and it, I want, I want the disability access services pass to be available to everyone who needs disability access services. So and I think it's like a good thing to notice. So like I've used it at Disney World and then we also just recently used it at Disneyland. And so because it was such a just like a last minute trip for our Disneyland trip, we just spent one day, not even like a full <laughs> open to close day. Mm-hmm. But I waited until we got in the park and I was like nervous because you can always get in the park and guest relations could be like a mile long or there can be no one. So mm-hmm. I did wait until we got in the park to actually go and get DAS set up. Um, luckily, there was no line at all. But <laughs> I had a very different, I think, interaction in person, at least at Disneyland, than when I had done the online service um, at Disney World. And so it, very similar she kind of pulls us to the side um, and she said, okay, well, what do you need it for? And so I explained to her and she's like, well, have you had it before? And I said, yes, we've used it at Disney World a few times. And she, um, in a different kind of tone, shared that Disneyland's requirements are much more strict than Disney World and they run it a little bit differently. Um, initially, from what I explained, and it was pretty much similar to how I explained our needs to the Disney World <laughs> um, agent. She initially said, typically, I, I probably wouldn't allow you to qualify for this. But since you're already here, we'll just go ahead and do it anyways. Um, so I was really surprised. And then she encouraged me to um, you know, do it online 30 days out and whatnot. But um, it wasn't, I guess as easy or um, just kind of like streamlined of a chat as it seemed like Disney World did. And she just really stressed that Disneyland is much more strict with who they allow their DAS pass. But we did end up getting it. Um, And they also, she gave us a stroller tag. I did not ask for one, but we were tagged as a, a wheelchair stroller. Okay. And that was the first time for us to ever have that when, you know, I had the chat for Disney world, they didn't even ask like for anything like that. They didn't suggest to go to guest relations. Once we got there to get that stroller tag that Mm -hmm. hadn't even crossed my mind um, to be at that, you know, additional level, but she just tagged our stroller anyways. And there were two rides where we did use that, But the rest of the time, we did the typical park your stroller at stroller parking and then walk on the ride. Um, I I did actually find it helpful the two times we did need it. It was kind of like a safety thing and one of the reasons why we do get DAS. But um, I I hadn't even considered it. And I thought since she was, you know, barely allowing us to have the DAS pass that I wouldn't think that she would have tagged our stroller as well. But just a little bit different <laughs> experience. And that's frustrating, I think, because I don't think they're actually any different. <laughs> At least comparing the two websites, 
Yeah. Um, you know, and the FAQs and the explanation of how it works, like it's apples to apples. It's uh-huh. the same. It's, you know, have difficulty waiting in a conventional queue environment. You're not skipping the line. You're just waiting your turn outside of that physical queue and in a, unable to wait in that queue based on your disability available two to 30 days before your trip or at guest relations. Very, 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 very similar. Yes. It's, I get it that everyone is different and I'm sure that cast members see all sorts of hijinks when it comes to DAS, Uh but it's frustrating to have that, you know, like, yes, we've used it before and then sort of get that tone that Uh we're, we're more strict here. Yeah. Um, And it kind of, it didn't really help with that, like imposter syndrome of feeling like, oh, well, we're not, we're not severe enough. We're not worthy enough for this to be an aid for us. So it was a little bit like of a damper, but I mean, I I know what it does for our family. So, um, I mean, I just kind of brushed it off and we, we went about our day. Yeah. I mean, I think at some point you have to, even when they're prickly characters, your role is to advocate for your kid or yourself. Yeah. And if you know that's what you need and you know you fit, you know, the parameters, then you go for it. Obviously, like we don't want anyone to cheat. Um, don't lie. <laughs> don't no. don't say that, you know, these things are something your family member struggles with if they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, that just makes it harder for the people who do need it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, if, if your kiddo is dealing with sensory stuff and big worries and, you know, or autoimmune diseases and they can't be in the sun or whatever it is, yeah, definitely speak up, advocate for them, advocate for them. And if you hear no, the first time ask again, I think this is a situation where I don't, I don't want to say, you know, be a Karen, but maybe be a kind Karen and just ask for a manager to talk to or another cast member to sort of explain the situation or just go to another guest relations location mm-hmm. um, to make sure like, I can't imagine in that situation, if you had been told no, you know, how you would have proceeded with your park day, knowing that, no, we really do need this. This is really important for us to have a successful visit. So it's unfortunate that you know, sometimes attitudes can be negative. Yeah. Um, definitely advocate for yourself, advocate for your family. You know, you know what you need. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I think part of it can also just be like you were saying earlier is like a case by case with whoever you're actually speaking with. And Mm -hmm. I mean, unfortunately their, I guess, perception. So that could have also played a role as well because, you know, my kid might be showing one thing this five minutes, but give us, you know, <laughs> seven minutes later and it's going to be a whole different, whole different aspect. So well, but, and for us at 6am, my kid was barely awake. Yeah, <laughs> You know, like he was, he was definitely not climbing the walls yet. And so if you're expecting to see him on his most typical ADHD behavior, it's not happening yet. Like he's, <laughs> he's still tired. Give um, it a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give him a minute. 
But I mean, overall, I I would say that I'm definitely thankful for this service actually at least existing um, beyond, you know, the mobility access. I'm glad that Disney has put this together just to at least acknowledge and do something for, you know, just other different disabilities that are needed. Um, So while, you know, it probably has its, you know, its perks and its downside, it's definitely on my part, at least appreciated that there is something. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. It's definitely better than nothing. I'm curious what it will look like as virtual queues become more popular. Um, It seems like we're getting more virtual queues. And so I'm curious what um, DAS and the return times, because like we said, the pre-selections aren't available for the most popular rides. Mm -hmm. And then if wait times are longer than the park is open, then those rides are no longer available. So like you could be at the park two hours before close. And if the ride times are long enough, um, that ride isn't going to pop up. And so I'm curious what this sort of looks like as Genie Plus individual lightning lanes, virtual queues sort of shifts and progresses, um, how DAS will sort of shift and progress with it or what will be offered, what will be available, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So how long is a DAS pass good for? So we've said you can get it um, from as much as 30 days out from your first park day to as little as two days out um, or once you're actually in the parks. But after that, your DAS pass is good for up to 60 days. So typical guests um, who only go, you know, once, maybe twice a year, uh, that's not really going <laughs> to, uh, you know, be much of a perk for them. But for us on a recent trip, we did um, April. I went online, um, spoke with the agent, all of that got accepted for it. So we used it on our April trip. And then we booked another trip um, for Mother's Day in May. So when we went back, we were still within that 60 day window. So I did not have to go online and redo all of the interview process, all of that. We were still good for 60 days. So that was a nice little thing. Um, But again, (laughs) most guests aren't probably going super back to back like that. uh, So... That's really nice. And yeah. yeah, no, I don't think most people, <laughs> most people don't get to go every month. But, yeah. and from what I understand, renewing DAS is pretty easy. It's a similar process where you just go online um, and chat with the cast member, but they will ask you if you're a new like new to DAS or if it's a renewal. And then when it's a renewal, I think there's slightly fewer questions um, just because you're sort of already in the system, but we haven't done that yet. Um, so we'll have to report back on that. And then I'll, I'll be sure to report back on our experience using it in Disneyland. Um, you know, hopefully they grant it to us. So maybe don't tell them that you have used it at Disney World. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, we've never been to Disney World before. No, nope. I don't <laughs> We're totally new here. What's Disney World? I don't know. <laughs> Florida. Where's Florida? Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, let's move into the tip of the week. We've already talked about my tip of the week, but I'm going to say it again. If you think you might qualify for DAS or a family member in your travel party um, or a child, go online right at 7 a.m. Eastern time. 30 days before your trip and talk to a DAS cast member. Um, The Walt Disney World cast members 
have been pretty kind and understanding in my experience. They'll walk you through the process. And if you get online right away at 30 days and you do qualify, then you have the best pick of rides to sort of choose from some of those harder to get rides like Jungle Cruise, like Peter Pan, things that sell out or get really long waits. Don't wait until the afternoon and don't wait until two days before. Um, it won't it won't be as beneficial <laughs> at that point. Yeah. And so my tip of the week is going to be using when you're actually in the parks, booking your DAS. I have found it easiest for my brain to function and be logistical by using the map and checking out the different wait times um, Mm -hmm. to help us really kind of decide, okay, what's in our, you know, our like closest area, what ride do we want to go for? Um, You know, this one has X amount of times we're of a wait time we're planning to do, you know, lunch in about an hour. So we have this much time to kill, whatnot. Just kind of using that map to really visually see what we should be picking, Mm -hmm. going for strategy-wise. And then I go into the little hamburger lines, scroll down to the DAS, and then I pick my ride. Because looking at all of the different, it's just like a line item of the attractions. It gives you, you know, the attraction name and the wait time, but that just really throws me off. I need to see it on a map proximity wise of Mm -hmm. what I should be choosing. And of course, having a strategy, kind of like a game plan ahead of time, um, especially if you're using Genie Plus kind of built in of, okay, what other rides could we use the DAS Pass for when we're, you know, in this part of the park, but using that map and viewing the wait times on there, I've found that easiest um, to do that before I go in and make that DAS selection. That's a really good tip. And that's smart too. Um, One thing that I was sort of thinking about when we were talking about like using DAS and, and how it helps our kids in in their particular situations Mm -hmm. Um, for my son, knowing what's next and knowing what's next after that and after that (laughs) and after that really, really helps him. Um, He can be really sensitive. He can be really worried. He gets the Disney blues three days before the trip ends. And so (laughs) having like an understanding and game plan of like the rides aren't over. We have this to do and then this to do. Yes, you can ride this one again. Um, That has really helped him. And so using that map, like he loves the Disney map. He studies it. He knows those wait times in, in and out. Um, It sort of helps to bring him into the planning of like, okay, buddy, you go ahead and look at the wait times and tell me what you want to do next Mm -hmm. based on that. And then we'll grab that DAS. He's a little bit older. So, you know, he can read, he can navigate apps. (laughs) He can look at wait times and be like, Oh, 90 minutes, mom, (laughs) that's too much. But, um, that, that really helps him sort of visualize and see his day. And that keeps him like more balanced and just in a better place for, you know, either a bit of a wait or a bit of a walk, um, to really tackle all those rides that he wants to go on. Yeah. No, I totally understand that. Those kiddos need that, like that, just independence and, you know, have, having their say really helps them. And it's the same with my son that we have to explain what comes next and 
then there's this just kind of like chunking out our day. So yeah, can totally agree with that. Does your son also ask for us to just spend a whole year at Disney <laughs> and, or can we just move to Disney and, or can we have a hundred day trip? <laughs> oh yeah. So he will often say like, um, can we go to Disney this weekend? And I'm like, yeah, kiddo, let's just hop on a plane real quick. <laughs> okay. But you do <laughs> every, every, okay. <laughs> it's, it's been a lot easier because, you know, I, I have the kiddos and we have the Southwest points and I'm able to, you know, having the annual pass just kind of like justifies it for me. Oh, like, yeah. Hey, we're totally. our, our park tickets already paid, you know, while my daughter's still under two, she flies for free. I have companion pass for my son. I use points for myself. Um, you know, in addition to having a family friend discount for, um, nearby hotels. I, that's the reason once all of those discounts go out the door, I'm like, Disney what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm so jealous of your access to Southwest and direct flights. They're yeah. Yeah. they're tempting, but yes. that double I mm. <laughs> if I could just get the kids on board with like there's gonna be a connecting flight and it's gonna be a little bit longer, but we could take an extra trip. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. They're not there yet. <laughs> Eddie when- might be, but Betty wouldn't go for it. So yeah. All right. Well, I think that that's going to wrap up today's show. Nicole, where can listeners find you online? So my handle is Bibbity Bobbity Bestie on Instagram and all social media channels. And you can find me on Instagram at pixie dust underscore parent. I'm so glad you joined us and stay tuned for our next episode where Nicole gives us a trip report from her recent one day trip to Disneyland. It was actually DCA. (laughs) And also her cross-country road trip with kids. Yes. Wild. (laughs) (laughs) Don't plan on doing that again for the next, like, 20 years until my kids can like drive me okay too much spoiler alerts that's fine so please make sure that you subscribe so that way you can get notifications for that disneyland trip follow us on instagram for the latest podcast episodes and if you like this episode we would love it if you leave us a five-star review thanks and see you next week see ya